Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, videos on key topics, tons of GRE questions that are backed by our memory enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner, and a machine learning essay grader with, of course, plenty of full-length practice exams. You can try all this out for free by visiting achievable.me. And if you like our GRE course, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now let's get started. So today I've got Priya Bhatia from the MBA Exchange online with me. And Priya, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself and share a little bit about your company. Hey, Tyler. So I'm Priya and I have been teaching and tutoring for 17 years. And I got my start uh, with teaching math, physics, and chemistry. And from there, segued into test prep. And for the last nine years, I've been focusing on the GRE and the GMAT. And they are absolutely my favorite subjects to teach. I love working with adult students and love helping people um, achieve their dreams and get into grad school. I'm with the MBA Exchange, and we are a admissions consulting company that helps people with business school applications. Fantastic. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, reading comprehension problems. And these are a problem type that's, you know, one of the most challenging ones that is on the, um, the verbal section. And I feel like it's also one of the more involved problem types. So maybe if you want to start first by just like, you know, giving people a quick rundown of like what reading comprehension problems are like, or maybe even just, you know, a quick example, um, and then would love to dig into kind of how you can train yourself to solve these problems. Yeah, absolutely. So reading comprehension is I would say rather challenging on the GRE. So in the verbal section, they're going to provide um, a couple to a few different passages of different lengths. And with each of the passages come a few questions. There actually could be for the shorter passages could be just one question. And then for the medium or longer passages, you have several questions asking about the passage. And the questions require you to answer things that could be specific questions about the passage, like recalling like a detail from the passage, or they could be inference questions, which ask you to draw broader conclusions about the passage or to understand the deeper meaning of the passage. And reading comprehension on the GRE, um, they have a fair amount of dense and technical passages on the GRE at a pretty high level. And so students tend to, um, especially students who don't come from a background that requires a lot of intensive reading and a lot of intensive um, analysis, students tend to struggle with reading comprehension because of the fact that the passages are at such a high level. And they're often passages that, you know, if you, if you skin them or read them one time, you're probably going to get a very small percentage of what the passage is actually saying. And these passages, again, being at such a high level, often require a lot of um, detailed, thorough examination and thorough reading 
to really get the gist of it. Uh, the reading comprehension on the GRE is more challenging and more advanced than reading comprehension on the GMAT. So for those of you who are interested in business school who might be deciding between the GRE and the GMAT, that's one thing to know. Um, quant is more difficult on the GMAT, but reading comprehension is more difficult on the GRE. And of all the skills tested on the GRE, reading comprehension is in some ways one of the most challenging to improve just because reading skills are cultivated and developed through years and years of practice. You know, you start reading when you're a young child and then over the years you you grow and deepen your reading skills. But when you get to test prep for the GRE and you want to make gains in the verbal section, reading comprehension is kind of one of the more slower areas to move forward. It's it's not something you can quickly memorize a few pieces of information and apply it and see score games right away. It tends to be a skill that you have to kind of cultivate and develop through intensive practice and through um, a general approach that I'm going to talk about today. Um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of times when students look at reading comprehension, they just don't really even know. Like, how do I... How do I get from a place where I'm doing a reading comprehension passage and I'm missing a bunch of questions? How do I get from that all the way up to being able to take the GRE and actually get close to or near perfect accuracy on the reading comprehension? And going from you know where they start to where they want to end up is a process that I would say a lot of students don't really know um, the best way to tackle. So that's what we're going to kind of focus right. on. Well, right. I mean, that for me, I feel like I, you know, I took the GMAT. I didn't take the GRE, but I felt like I got a very good verbal score just by being a native English speaker, right? Like, and and that's such a. T it's like I can totally see how it's a tough thing to improve. Um, I am curious though. I mean, at this point, I think we should just dig into your your strategy. So, what what do you feel like is like the like, how do you start people off if you're introducing people to this for the first time? And maybe just like walk us through it. So I want to kind of, first of all, start off with one of the most common pieces of advice that students have heard. And when I, when I work with students on reading comprehension, this is something I hear a lot of them say that they've heard. And this is general advice that's sort of floating out there, which says that if you want to improve your reading comprehension, increase the amount of reading you do in your daily life and segue into reading more complex material like things like The Economist or The New Yorker, science articles, journal articles. Um, just start reading more. And if you start reading more, you're going to improve your reading comprehension. And I kind of want to just say that this advice I think is very well-meaning, but I think it's incomplete because here's the problem is when you read complex passages, you read journal articles, you read things like that, you don't know what you don't know. So let's take, for example, let's say you take an Economist article, you sit down and you read it, you get to the end of the article and you say, okay, great, I read the article. And you feel good because it's like, yay, I did something. I did something to improve my reading comprehension. Well, that's nice. But the thing is, there's no way to actually test your understanding and to know if, in fact, you truly understood that article. Um, so the 
the first piece of advice I kind of want to give students starting out is to go one step further than simply just increasing your consumption of complex reading articles. I would actually say that you should really practice GRE reading comprehension passages and answer the questions that come with the passage because that's how you're going to know if you actually in fact understood the passage. You read the passage and then you answer the questions and how you perform on the questions is going to be a good litmus test of your comprehension. Um, there are lots and lots of reading comprehension passages available of, to students generally. Um, there's the GRE Big Book which has uh, many of the old paper GRE exams and you can access these and you have basically unlimited access to reading comprehension passages plus questions that you can do. And as you work your way through those, do keep track of your accuracy and that's going to be a good measure of how your reading comprehension skills are improving over time. So when you start out, you might be missing a large chunk of the questions, but as you practice later into your process and then towards the end as you get closer to where you want to be um, goal score wise you should be seeing the accuracy improve one other thing too is if for any reason not that it's highly likely that you would run out of good reading comprehension passages for the gre but if you did you can always borrow from other standardized exams as well so the gmat has a lot of passages. They have the official guides to the GMAT that you can get and you can practice those passages. Those passages are not quite as challenging as the GRE passages, but they're actually great for students who do struggle with reading comprehension. If you feel like reading comprehension is a particular weakness of yours, it might be a great idea to start off with GMAT passages because the GMAT passages are going to be a little bit more easy to understand. Start off where you are rather than throwing yourself all the way in the deep end because when you just try to straddle an extremely complex and difficult passage right off the bat, you're going to find your comprehension might be extremely low and the learning value is not quite as much as what you want. So it's always better to start off a little bit closer to where your skills are and first master, you know, beginning or intermediate level passages before you progress to the more advanced passages. Um, so right off the gate, that's kind of my first general advice for practicing with reading comprehension is don't just read articles, but actually read passages for the GRE and answer questions and keep track of your accuracy. Right. Um, well, and I think it's so important too that um, you really do need to answer questions both for the actual exercise of, you know, you're, you're not trying to get better at reading as much as that would be nice. It's really more that you're trying to get better at scoring well on this test, right? So you need to actually be practicing that aspect of it as well, because the questions, you know, even for native English speakers are uh, meant to be tricky, right? And there's things about the questions that are not necessarily things that you would be digging into when you're like reading through a passage casually. Um, so I think that that's really good advice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like, I like what you said about, you know, reading casually, because I think people sometimes think that just reading casually is going to not automatically translate into score gains on reading comprehension on the jury. And that's not necessarily the case. You really, it, 
learning to answer questions is a skill in and of itself. And it's definitely one that you need to practice as you go. Yeah. So in terms of the question of like, how do you improve your performance on the reading comprehension section? I want to kind of just start by generally saying that it's a continuum of progress that you're going to progress along and you're going to ultimately get to a place where you can do a reading comprehension passage within the allotted time and you can answer the questions with close to 100% accuracy. That's kind of the, the goal of where ideally we would like, especially for someone aiming for a high score in the verbal section, that's ideally where we would like to end up. But the process that you have to traverse to get to that final place, it's not going to look exactly like what our final destination is throughout the process. It's going to look a little bit different throughout the process. And let me kind of expound on that, what I mean. So the very first stage of the process is the beginning stage. And at this stage, the biggest piece of advice I can give students is to slow down. Speed is the enemy of accuracy when you're first starting out. And your very first goal should be to read for comprehension and to focus on accuracy. And this may sound counterintuitive because obviously it's a standardized timed test and you may feel like, well, I don't have unlimited amounts of time to read a passage and to understand it. I've got to, you know, work quickly and get to the answer. And that is true. But the thing is at the beginning, when you rush, you miss comprehension and you are denying yourself the opportunity to truly and deeply understand what you're reading and to really truly and deeply understand how the questions are asked and how um, they relate back to the passage. And so your first thing is to just sort of throw out the timepiece, ignore that. I do recommend timing yourself with all passages you do, but in the beginning you should ignore that clock and you should just really kind of say, I want to read this passage for 100% accuracy. And right. that said, you don't get to 100% necessarily, but you aim for as close as you possibly can. Got it. And then, um, I mean, I, I like that because essentially um, reading comprehension is something that you've either done it correctly or you haven't. So it's like focusing on getting it right first. It makes a lot of sense. I think that the big thing for me is, is obviously you'll need to be faster by the day of the test. So how do you kind of get people to like, once they've started to get accurate, how do you get people to be accurate, maintain the accuracy while being faster? It's something that it, it happens very naturally when you're doing the process correctly. It becomes like what you're doing is you're, you're creating like a map in your mind of these passages as you read it. So let's say you're sitting down with a reading passage and you're going through it. The very first read of the passage, there's, you know, like I said, with these passages, a lot of them are very dense. They're very technical. They have a lot of information. They're jam-packed with information. So your very first read, you really want to be reading for structure and creating a map in your mind of the passage. All of those individual little details are not going to stick on that first read. And then 
after that, you're going to go back and you're going to reread the passage multiple times. And with some of those really difficult passages, you may need to reread as many as five or 10 times. I certainly have. Um, I can think of specific Jerry passages that I've seen where I had to really reread that thing multiple times to get the picture. And, but back to your question, Tyler, is that first read that you're doing where you're creating this map in your mind, ultimately that is the skill that you're developing through practice mm-hmm. that is then going to translate on test day. What's going to happen is your maps, the mental maps that you're making are going to become more strong, more developed, more clear. And then you're going to get to a place where you can actually sit for the exam. You can read a passage, that very first read, and the map is going to be so clear that it's going to allow you to go straight to the questions and to have a very good idea when you see a question of where to go back to in the passage. And so that's sort of how you go from the very beginning stages where you read a passage, you maybe don't understand it super well, you miss a bunch of questions, and you have to take a bunch of time to understand how you transition from that all the way to that first time you read the passage. You have at least a pretty decent grasp enough of the passage that you can, within the allotted time, get to the questions. And it's like a skill. You start off slow, you develop the skill, you do your repetitions over and over with different passages. And what you see is that passage after passage after passage, the time that it takes shrinks a little bit. Each time it shrinks a little bit. And eventually you get to that place. And that's why I suggest with all the reading comprehension passages you practice, do time yourself because that's something that you want to be able to measure. So Mm -hmm. you can start off like your first attempt, you read a passage and it's like, okay, it's going to take me 25 minutes to read the passage and answer the questions. But then fast forward any number of months in the future and now you're down to 10 minutes. And then fast forward again, now you're down to five minutes. And it's like, it just sort of naturally happens. You can't really force speed. Um, It happens when the comprehension is there and it naturally kind of transitions into the place where you want it to be. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like um, the other piece of it too, is that when you're, recording how long problems are taking and also recording like your accuracy as you're studying then you can really see yourself start to get better right like i think that for something like this you know if you take an a minute 50 seconds to answer a question and then the next week you take an average of like a minute 40 seconds you're probably not going to notice it and you're not going to think that you're improving but i feel like being able to record and show that improvement is really important Absolutely. And it's super helpful for motivating yourself. Like the GRE is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And the process of prepping and improving for the GRE is a long one. And it can be very difficult when you're trudging through months and months and months of prep to feel motivated and to actually see tangibly that you are moving forward. But this is a great way to do it. As you can see, you can see from passage to passage to passage to passage, you can see your accuracy creeping upwards. You can see the time going down and little by little, incrementally, you can work towards 
the ultimate goal. But a couple things I want to say also a little bit more about stage one, which is still the beginning stage. Mm -hmm. So back to that passage. So you've read the passage one time for general structure. And then now you're going back and you're rereading it several times, aiming for 100% comprehension. Um, The second piece that I suggest, and this is something, again, that a lot of students don't know to do, is that when you answer a question, it's not just an opportunity to answer a question correctly. It's also an opportunity to systematically and thoroughly rule out four wrong answers. And that's something you have to really focus on in this initial stage is it's not just why is the right answer right, but it's why is the wrong answer wrong. And you want to go through each and every wrong answer and you want to kind of pinpoint definitively why is that answer wrong. Try to attack it on multiple fronts. Um, This is another skill that you're going to want to use is finding textual evidence to back up your justifications. So for each wrong answer, if you read it and you say, okay, this is wrong because X, Y, and Z, go back to the passage and actually find where in the passage it supports your ruling out that answer. And if you do that for every question on the passage, By the time you're done, it's going to be, first of all, a very time-consuming process. So you could be spending (laughs) upwards of an hour. Mm -hmm. You could be spending upwards of an hour on a single passage. And again, a lot of times people are like, gee, why do I have to spend so long on just one passage? Again, I'm not going to have that amount of time on the test. That is all true. But this is all training for your brain. And all of these steps that you're doing slowly and deliberately in the beginning stages you are laying the groundwork in your brain so that your brain then becomes very adept at doing that quickly and efficiently on test day. Okay, so one last thing I want to mention about stage one is one of the things that's also very useful with doing reading comprehension is being able to check your answers but not know if you got not know what the correct answer is, but simply to know if you got the question wrong. And this Mm. is something I provide my students, my tutoring students is for every passage I have them do, I give them a spreadsheet where they're going to be able to check their answers and they're going to be able to know is the question right or is it wrong, but they're not going to be told what's the right answer because that Ah, takes away a little bit of the... mm -hmm. So they can go back. So how would you set this up on your own? Would it be that Maybe you have like you you take like a jury practice problem or something um, like provided by the ETS and then you provide and then you like have somebody else see what the answer is and then write it down and then like you go through all the problems that way or something like that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. That's something or you I can guess, do on I your guess own your friend, you just... um, your friend could just blow through all the problems, answer C for everything, get the, get the answer key back and then like go and write that all down. And then you can take it at your own leisure. That makes sense too. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can just, you can have a friend check it for you. You can just give them your answers. Like if you have five answers and just have them grade it and just mark an X where you get it wrong and then you reattempt it. 
Um, but that's a huge part of the learning value because the thing is when you're told what the right answer is, you take away the heavy lifting that's required for deep comprehension. And so that second attempt of, oh, this is wrong. Let me go back and let me think, why is this wrong and what instead would be the right answer? That's the kind of exercise that you want to put your mind through in order to kind of help you maximize your performance. Got it. So is this all mm-hmm. still stage one then? Yeah, this is all still stage one. So it's like what I call like a deep excavation. You're just going mm-hmm. through this deep, thorough excavation. You're aiming for 100% 360-degree understanding. Um, once you've done that several times and you're now starting to get the hang of it, what should happen is you should start to see your accuracy go up. So just to give you an example of a specific student just This week earlier, I was working with a GRE student on reading comprehension, and she had on her first attempt at passages, she was missing maybe about 50% of questions. And so I really explained to her what the process looks like. I encouraged her to slow down, deeply excavate the passage. And on her second attempt, she got every single question that she had initially gotten wrong. She got them right second time. So that to me is okay. Now we're progressing along that continuum of progress and the accuracy is building. And once the accuracy has built, now you're into the second stage, which is the intermediate stage. And at this stage, the speed will start to build too. You're going to continue again with the deep excavation process, but now because you know what you're doing, it's going to take less time. It's automatically going to take less time and you're going to be able to go through and you're also going to start seeing a lot of patterns. There's going to be certain patterns with question types. Like you're going to see um, the main the main purpose of the passage is, and you're going to see several of those questions with different passages and you're going to start noticing noticing the patterns. One other thing you're going to notice also is things that make answer choices wrong, certain patterns with wrong answer choices, like for example, extreme wording. If you start seeing answer choices that say, you know, all or every single or never, those are examples of extreme wording and those types of answers tend not to be correct because they're too extreme. So this intermediate stage, you're doing all the same things as the first stage, but it's like things are picking up. The pace is picking up, the accuracy is picking up, and overall it's like you're starting to really recognize the patterns. Um, Once you get to that place where now your accuracy is where you want it to be, And for someone who's aiming for a high verbal score, we would want that as close to 100% as possible. So you should be getting, you know, every question or close to every question, right? Once you have reached that, then you know you're now ready for that final stage. And the final stage is now that your accuracy is where you want it to be, you put everything in place and you start to really focus on the time aspect of things. And this is when, you know, practice tests are very useful because you do need to practice the actual timing of the test and you need to see what it's like to sit down under the time pressure and to answer the questions. And you can do, you know, practice tests um, from the ETS website. And it sounds like Achievable has several practice tests available too. So these are all the different kinds of tools at your availability. Um, Time yourself do practice tests, 
and ultimately kind of everything comes together and you sort of reach that final destination where accuracy is high and speed is low. And with everything speed that you've fast, done, you yeah. can kind of... Sorry? Speed is fast. Time is low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Speed is fast and time is low. Yeah, exactly. And now with everything you've done, putting it all together, you can go on test day and shine. Um, but one thing I do want to say, this is a slow process. So it is a time consuming process. It's not an overnight fix. It's not something you can, you know, just look at, you know, hey, I want to improve this in five seconds and it's going to just automatically be there. It is a process. It's something you have to kind of do the steps for you have to progress through the continuum before you can get to the final stage but the rewards are definitely worth it at the end you know if you're looking for a, a competitive verbal score and you invest the time and you invest the energy you can definitely reap the rewards at the end of the process right yeah and i think that is the key thing to keep in mind with most things with the gre especially if you're trying to make a large move in your score you know, making a large move in your score usually means that you're making a large change either in your knowledge or your problem solving skills or something, right? In this case, you're reading comprehension skills. Um, they don't happen overnight. And the larger the move that you're trying to make, the more work you need to do. Um, so, you know, realistically, you should be trying to prepare for the GRE kind of at least six months before the test, but really, uh, definitely at least three. And, you know, you should be thinking about kind of this general approach almost with like any type of problem, right? Like, I feel like the approach you outlined is just broadly a good one for pretty much any problem type that you're struggling with. Um, and also especially reading comprehension. Do you have any kind of parting thoughts here or anything else you want to uh, say before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's absolutely spot on. The approach is generalizable to pretty much any skill you want to learn on the GRE, whether it's vocabulary and text completion or sentence equivalence or quant, um, that you start off slow and you focus, focus first on accuracy. Then you get to the middle stage where accuracy has built and then now you start to slowly chip away at the time and then you reach that final stage where your accuracy is high and the time you take is low. Um, so that's generalizable. The one kind of takeaway I would say for kind of just people to keep in mind with the reading comprehension, the thing that I would say that most students don't know to do on their own with reading comprehension is the process of analyzing why wrong answers are wrong. And that's something that I feel like people just aren't generally aware that, hey, this is a useful thing to do. A lot of times people just think, let me get to the right answer and that's all I need to do. But yeah, I would say just remember, um, you're not just trying to know why the right answer is right. You're also trying to answer why are the wrong answers wrong and keeping all that in mind. Yeah, that's how you really get accuracy, right? Um, and that's also how you understand the problem um, uh, from like the perspective of the test maker, right? That's really where you're going to start scoring really well on the GRE is when you're starting to think like, oh, I think they're probably trying to do this, right? You kind of get into the head of the people that are making the problems. Um, and that and understanding why the wrong answers are wrong will give you a sense of like, what are the traps to watch out for? Like, what are the 
you know, what are the things that look good, but aren't actually good? And why did they look good? And why were they actually wrong? Right. Um, it's really just a better way to approach this in general. Absolutely. And one thing also is the more difficult the passage and the more difficult the question, the slighter the differences are between right and wrong answers. Like when you see like the hardest of the hard questions that they could possibly throw at you on the GRE, the things that will separate a wrong answer from a right answer could be as simple as one word or like a nuance of a meaning of one word. And so that's, again, why you're training yourself to be able to answer why are wrong answers wrong? Because when you get to those really hard questions, it's almost impossible at first glance to be able to distinguish between the two. And mm -hmm. so you rely on all that training that you did to help you to spot the difference. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been GRE Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Priya Bhatia from MBA Exchange. And Achievable has a great online GRE course that you can try for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off.